Yo, yo, what's up, my people? Welcome back to another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast with B Things, your boy. All right, y'all. So, as we turn the corner from the bum ass Steelers and the victory that we had over them on Sunday, we're going to start to turn the corner to the Titans game. It's a huge game. But before I get to anything with the Titans, I just want to say this because it's interesting. We have all been um, honing in on the sweet victory over our fucking hated Steelers, the infamous Steelers. The Steelers were 72-0-1 when scoring 30-plus points and being 2-plus in the turnover differential heading into last game, last Sunday's matchup. Sorry, that was at home. So the Steelers at home were 72-0-1 with scoring 30-plus and being plus 2 in the turnover differential. And of course, now they're 72-1-1 because of Joe Burrow. (laughs) Fucking hate them, man. Fuck them. Fuck them. Fuck the Steelers. Fuck everything involved with them. Glad we pulled out that dub. Just had to say that to hone in on that sweet victory just one more time. But for us, being the winning team that we are, and the best team in football that we are, we should not be indulging on just one win. Because it's a long season. And we have a long one ahead of us. Starting with a long game. Um, A big game, I should say. Sorry, a big game this Sunday against the Titans. Um, And, man, it... It's going to be awesome to be able to get Jamar back. Uh, just hopping straight into that. A couple injury updates that we have in the macro. Um, we have a clean bill of health. Everybody's good. Nothing significant showing up on the injury report. We left out of the Sears game healthy, which was phenomenal. Um, and we are only getting healthier with the addition of Jamar. It has not been official yet. That's kind of the expectation with the landscape of his injury and where it's at right now. You wouldn't expect the Bengals to jump the gun and say, oh yeah, Jamar's back, he's going to be good for Tennessee early in the week. It's only Thursday. It feels later in the week, at least to me, because we have a holiday today and all that shit. They are going to officially announce his return in a couple days. But (laughs) we know who really makes the fucking... Man, when you hear Joe say anything, you know that shit's for real. And it's kind of funny because you heard Joe say, yeah, we expect to have Jamar back for Sunday. He's going to play Sunday. Very likely he was not supposed to say that. It's kind of funny because that's my assumption because you can't be, you know, leaking info like that. No matter how predictable it seems, you shouldn't leak anything until the team announces it. They have it. So it's just kind of funny. But whatever Joe says, it goes. So... Jamar's going to be back, man. It's going to be fucking massive. Um, But look, we we got a couple things to get to before I get into some X's and O's with the Titans and Bengals and how that landscape looks heading into Sunday. Um, Look, some awesome things I posted uh, that you guys probably read about. If you didn't, you are going to be amazed by this. Since week three, the Bengals are the best team in football. Statistically backed up by EPA and DVOA overall. Um... EPA, for anybody that didn't read my post, it's expected points added. Simply put, it's how effective are you from play by play? How well do you perform above expectation? 
Do you perform below expectations in very specific scenarios? Do I know the exact grading metrics and how they accumulate all of it to come out with this grading? I do not know it. But a lot of it's kind of common sense. What's the landscape of the defense you're going against if you're the Bengals offense? Okay, how do you produce when you're on their 40? How do you produce when you're on your own 20 against them? That is how EPA is accumulated. Expected points added. The Bengals have been the number one EPA team since week three, which means you are producing better than anybody. That's what the expectation was coming into this season. That's what the fuck we knew this offense and defense could become. Has the defense been as dominant the past two weeks? I mean, yeah, the the last two games, Panthers game, certainly. But the Steelers game, no. But man, this offense. This is what we were talking about. We have been the most, this has been the best this offense has ever been. And Jamar Chase isn't even in it yet. Process that. The best receiver in football. The second most important player to this football team is not playing. And this offense is the most efficient it has ever been with Joe Burrow. That is what the fuck I've been championing all offseason during this season for the past year and a half, knowing that this is what this offense could become, along with many other people. And to see it finally come to fruition, the identity is established with this team. And not only identity is established, momentum has been created and it has been consistent, persistent with this team for weeks now. Beyond laying the egg from tumultuous, embarrassing mistakes that Zach made in the Browns game, put them behind the eight ball in many ways, the entire offense as a whole, but dictated by Zach as he's the one pushing the control buttons. You have the hiccup. You lay the fucking egg against the Browns. I mean, for the past five, six games, this offense has been dealing, bro. Fucking dealing. That's what happens when you have the best receiver in football. A top 8, 10 receiver in T. Higgins. A top 25 receiver in Tyler Boyd. A serviceable 16th to 12th best O-line in the league. When you have quality pieces on that O-line. And the trajectory is up with the O-line. That's what happens when you have the second best quarterback in football. One of the best. The most lethal quarterback in football. A quality tight end. Quality running backs. And a momentum-filled scheme now. What the fuck can stop us when we are the only offense that is as effective as anything in the league with running the ball and passing the ball? There is no offense that operates like this at this level. Yes, you have offenses like the Chiefs and Dolphins and Bills sometimes that have that big firepower that you can just not stop in the passing game. No run games to speak of with those offenses. None for real. This run game is respectable and for real. Does that mean direct correlation to success every single week? No. But to assert yourself as that and to show past success and that we can use it if we want to is the effective thing. 
There's no offense that operates like this in the league. And there's no fucking, there's no other Joe Burrow in this league anymore. If you would have asked me two years ago or even a year ago, yeah, I'd tell you Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But they're not those guys anymore. Tom Brady, I think, is making a mini comeback in this season. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I just don't know, man. But um, that's what this team is. So we have been the most balanced team in football, EPA, DVOA, um, since week three. Just had to put that out there, guys. And uh, to add some other stats to it, for those that didn't read it, we're not only first in EPA on offense and first overall as an overall team, offense and defense per EPA. <clears throat> we are first in drive scoring percentage. We are first in points per drive at 3.2, along with multiple other metrics. Uh, defense ranks top five per EPA and top seven per DVOA. Uh, and I checked that. That was as of a few days ago. That may have been before the Steelers game. We were. That was probably our worst. It was our worst defensive outing of the year. Um, maybe. I don't know. The Browns game was pretty bad. Nonetheless, very effective. That's what you expect. So we are the team to beat right now. We are the team to fucking beat. We are hot, and we are ready to fucking fight anybody, just like we're ready to fight the fucking Titans. So I'm going to get into some roster moves because we have lots of roster moves the past couple days, y'all. Off top, Trent Urham. Trent Irwin signed to the 53, which is phenomenal. A legitimate contract. He's not brought up from the practice squad and pushed back down as the weekends. He is signed to this roster for real. So he would have to be cut. It is not just to bring up and push back down on practice squad thing. Because that already happened three times earlier in the year. You can only you can only bring up a player from the practice squad three times a season. If you want to do it a fourth, you have to sign him to the active 53. Irwin's deserved it. He's he's starting to become, he's developed as a player. A couple years ago, he was not there at all. That's why he was a practice squad guy. But now he's finally proven to be a threat, a wrinkle added to this offense. It's awesome to see that the two legitimate wrinkles that you have, legitimate back-end threats in the receiver room, have risen to the top. Trent Taylor and Trent Irwin. TT and TI. It's a great thing. That's what we were fiending for when it came to this depth that we had on this team. That's why me, along with so many other people, were so desperate to get a a proven backup receiver on the market. Because we didn't have it on the roster, so we thought. Because the Bengals chose to not use them until they had to. Now, because we've had to, it's turned out to be a great thing because you let you were able to let Jamar have his rest. Allow it forced this offense. I'm, I'm going to retract this a bit. Here's an empowering perspective for me that I think is realistic. This has been a great thing with Jamar being out in the macro. It has been a great thing. It's crazy to say in the three games that he was gone in the macro, yes, including the Embarrassment on Monday night against the Browns. This was a great thing that Jamar was out. Why? Yes, he was dealing with a lingering injury. You allowed him to get healthy. He is healthy now. Healthy enough. The labrum's fine. The hip bone is good. 
So anybody that's stressing that he shouldn't come back, there's a reason he fucking practiced. A doctor would not clear him if the bone was not healed. The bone is healed and it's fine. The labrum is fine. So with him getting healthy, you were forced to get resourceful. It's forced resourcefulness because you are down. Your best skill, your best weapon on offense, your best weapon on the entire team beyond Joe Burrow. You had to get resourceful. You had to figure out what the fuck to do. So what resources do we allocate ourselves to? Joe Mixon, dominating a quality run defense in the in the Panthers. That the following two weeks for the Panthers, they faced a top three run offense in the league and a top four run offense in the league in the Falcons and the Ravens. And they locked both of them down. The Ravens barely escaped with a win in Baltimore this past weekend against the Panthers. So you produce like that with your biggest weapon out against the Panthers. Then you come back against the Steelers and you are dealing with guys that you would not expect. Anybody that fucking made a bet on Samaj Piran and Trent Irwin being the only scorers for the Bengals offense on Sunday, raise your fucking hand. Exactly. No one did. That's what resourcefulness is. That is what a leader does in Joe Burrow. That is what a resourceful offense does and a smart offense does. How can we put these guys in positions to win? They did. You saw Samaje fucking dealing on screens that we have not ran much this year. But now we got confident that, okay, these pass rushers are fiending to get to Joe and they can. And they're going to be comfortable and confident to do that. So with them focusing their attention on getting to Joe instead of respecting the run much, fine. We're going to add to an extension of our run. Samaje, dump off, dump off, dump off. Four receptions for three fucking touchdowns, y'all. That's crazy. That's resourcefulness. That's effectiveness out of resourcefulness. How can you be effective with less less things you have, less resources you have? Use Trent Irwin. Allow him to win reps. That was a contested catch in the end zone. He made it. He made it happen. He caught the fucking 25, 30-yard pass. He was making plays. What did I say heading into the second half of the season who we wanted to see less of? Mike fucking Thomas. He had two reps on Sunday night. The writing was on the wall. Trent Taylor did not have that many. Surprisingly, it hurt my feelings a bit. Trent Taylor had, Trent Irwin had what, 32 reps, I think? 32? That's what you want to see, man. He stepped up. Samaji stepped up. Guys stepped up. So to sum it up, Jamar gets healthy. He's able to get healthy. During that time, you're the most efficient and effective that you have ever been ever been on offense without the best receiver in football. What? Like, is this getting you guys hyped or what? This is getting me hyped. That's ex- I would not. Nobody would have predicted this. That if you would say, "Hey, Jamar's going to go down with injury," what do you think is going to happen with this offense? No one would have said, "Oh yeah, we're going to become the most efficient and effective we have ever been." What? Fuck no, man. Fuck no. But we have. We are now. We are. I just went down to Spiel, leading off a Trent Irwin. Um, We need to get back to injuries here. But I'm sure it's a lot of shit that got you guys hyped, and rightfully so. That is what has led from Trent Taylor now being on the 53. And he's going to be a receiver four for us. He's our receiver four now. He's our... 
He's our backup outside receiver, outside of bum-ass Mike Thomas. We have not re-signed him. That's another part of the roster move. Mike Thomas was cut. We have not re-signed him to the practice squad. Look, I don't hate Mike Thomas as a player. I hate him as a producing wide receiver because he can't do it. So he's gone now, and he has not been re-signed to the practice squad. He may be today or tomorrow. He has cleared waivers. I don't know. But Isaiah Prince, who was activated from the IR, oddly cut the next day and then brought back onto the practice squad after he cleared waivers the following day, which was yesterday. I'm kind of surprised he cleared waivers. Isaiah Prince is a quality backup player. But stoked that we got him back. So he's back on the practice squad. Um, Kevin Huber has yet to be cut. I was kind of surprised after the hurdles of roster moves they were going to make. Thought he was going to be the guy that was going to leave. Um, so he is still on the roster, but they have some flexibility right now because another guy in Khalid Kareem, fifth-round pick out of 2020, um, never really produced for this team much and never really came together for him. Uh, he was signed to the 53 of the Colts off of our practice squad. And we cut to Grace Scales, who was a local Coleraine kid. I'm off the practice squad as well. So you cut three dudes, one from the roster and two from the practice squad. There's three openings on the practice squad now. Because Trent Trent Irwin, who took up another practice squad spot, is on the 53. So heading into the Steelers game, you had Trent Irwin on the practice squad. Khalid Kareem on the practice squad. And Isaiah Prince on IR. Isaiah Prince took one of the IR spots. Two guys went off the IR. We already had one opening before. Or sorry, no openings. Two great scales was also there. So now we have three openings on practice squad and one open spot on the roster. We have room to sign somebody. I don't know who that is. Probably bringing up a guy. Uh, we, may, we, we may bring up Travion Williams. Maybe a defensive tackle. I don't know. We will see. So that may have been confusing. Lots of moving parts. Um, and yeah, man, that, that's that's the landscape of the roster moves right now. Just obviously most significant and excitingly, Trent Irwin being signed to the 53. Super happy for him. Already went through some injuries. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to start to touch on the Titans game. Turn into the Titans. Look, it's a massive game, man. Like they, they've had plenty of interviews this week on the Titans side. And uh, the questions has been brought up a lot. Does this game mean more than others? Is there a payback that you want to, you know, enforce on this team? And that they're being professional and cute and saying, no, no, it's a normal game. Look, man, human nature. They're competitive as it fucking gets. This game means a lot to them. They were 9-0 and coming off buys under Mike Vrabel. They had the bye coming into the fucking playoff game. They were at home. They tried to sell as few tickets as possible to the Bengals fans. Everything they tried to have set up in their favor. And Joe Burrow, Joe Burrowed them. He threw less incompletions than times he was sacked. Tell me how many times that has happened in an NFL game. In a playoff game, 350 yards. Should have been zero picks. The one pick that they counted fell on the ground. But two touchdowns, he dominated. This game means a lot to them. And it means a lot to us too. Because we both started 0-2 this year. They had an embarrassing loss to the Bills in Week 2. Uh, lost at a game-winning field goal to the Giants in Week 1. 
They've been red hot ever since, 7-1, and their only loss was in overtime against the Chiefs with Malik Willis starting. This is a very good defense. Very good Mike Rabel-led defense. I'll just say this off top. This game I can see being super similar to last year, minus the sacks, all of the sacks. This team is led by Derrick Henry and Mike Rabel, not Ryan Tannehill. And that showed to the highest degree in the playoff game. That's how their demise came. Derrick Henry, who is the the nucleus of that entire franchise, could not carry them. Mike Vrabel can only do so much as a coach. And Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. Is he quality? Sure. But he's not elite. We know that. Um, so this defense is still a really good defense of the Titans. They have a lot of injuries. Here's the most significant. A lot of people may be worried. Oh, I'm worried about this O-line against the Titans. This is not the same defensive line that wrecked us for 11 total sacks last year in the playoff game. Is their best player still on the, uh, you know, going to play Sunday? Yes, Jeffrey Simmons. He's a wrecker. But Harold Landry, who had a Pro Bowl year last year, has been out the entire year with a torn knee. Think he tore his ACL. Danico Autry, who is a fantastic compliment on that interior with um, Jeffrey Simmons. He is out this week. Bud Dupree has been half dead pretty much the entire time he's been with them. Injuries on and off the field, can't stay healthy. He may not even play this week. And if he does, he is banged up. So you have a half version of Bud Dupree who is fine, overpaid when he signed with the Titans initially on that five-year $80 million deal. So you're missing two and a half pieces of that defensive front that wrecked us last game. I don't think that's going to be enough for them. I don't think it's going to be enough. They have allowed the thirtieth most. They have allowed the third most passing yards in the league this year. Oh, they are thirtieth in the pass game. Okay, they are really good in run defense. They have really good linebackers. Their corners. They have a good corner. Can uh, Christian Fulton, LSU boy. Um, and obviously quality safeties in Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard. Amani Hooker has been injured, though. Their slot corner has been injured. Their other outside corner has been injured, and they have been extremely receptive to giving up contested catches, from what I heard from a locked-on Titans guy. Because Kendall Christian Fulton's not a big guy, and their corners are bums. Greg Mabin, who was a backup roster guy for us a couple years ago, is a key rotational piece in that secondary. They've been getting cooked. Cooked. So you're telling me Jamar Chase is coming back, T. Higgins, who had a light one hundo against the Titans last year, and that was a better secondary last year than this year, and they're not going to be able to get his home home as well? Jeffrey Simmons is going to get his work in because he is phenomenal. But the strongest suit of our O-line is the interior. They're missing two and a half parts of that four-headed monster on that defensive front last year. Two and a half parts. Like I said, you get a half-dead Bud Dupree and Jeffrey Simmons. That is it. Danico Autry out. Harold Landry out. They have not been wrecking havoc as much as they've been wanting to. They are 26th in the league this year in pass rush win rate. We are 6th in the league in run um, um, run rushing and rushing win rate, for might be for some reason I couldn't come up with that name properly. We're really good in the run game, and I think we're 17th in pass blocking efficiency. 
or maybe even higher, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, that's wrong. I didn't see that stat um, in front of me. Um, but look, man, this defense is still really good because it's led by Mike Vrabel. But they are really having their heels. They're on their heels because they have to make up for these backups that they have playing. I think our offense is going to be able to produce. And obviously stopping Derrick Henry is going to be huge. Massive. We have DJ back. Fucking massive. Look, we're going to force Ryan Tannehill to beat us with these bum-ass wide receivers they have. They are the worst passing offense in football. They are the worst in football. Ryan Tannehill, um, their receivers have, I think they just hit over 1,000 yards on the year combined, their wide receivers. Combined. They went a game this year without throwing a pass to their wide receivers, if you understand how bad that core is. Ironically, they don't have terrible receivers either. Traylon Burks is fine rookie. Fine, but he's a rookie and he's barely played. He had his first 100-yard game this year. Last week against the Packers. Robert Woods, who's a fine number two, he hasn't done shit in that offense. Not shit. I know because I got him on a fucking fantasy team. He just hit 300, 400 yards this year. Terrible passing game. Force Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill to beat you with his arm. And lock up Derrick Henry. I can see the Bengals certainly winning this game if they follow the plan just like that. So, um, look, guys, sorry I was fucking rapping at the end of that episode. Um, got some other shit to get to, but I appreciate y'all for listening to the All Things Bengals podcast. Hope you have a good Thanksgiving, and um, appreciate y'all for listening. Pre-game episode with my homie Bengals Drake coming on Friday. We're going to dive into some more X's and O's on the Titans and the Bengals and predictions and how we can beat the fuck out of them. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Peace.